when I did Pilates, everyone was already doing Pilates. They just weren't doing it under one brand, right? There was, there was no Coca-Cola in the industry. I'm your host, Dave Knox, and this is Predicting the Turn, a show that helps business leaders meet their industry's inevitable disruption head on. Welcome to another episode of Predicting the Turn. Today, I'm sitting down with Anthony Geisler, who is the CEO and founder of Exponential Fitness. Anthony, welcome to the show. Awesome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Awesome. Well, with all your past fitness and business experience, what was the catalyst for you to start building the Exponential Fitness portfolio brands? Well, I mean, you know, we had Club Pilates as a first brand and, you know, we'd sold about 900 of those, which was, you know, kind of tapping out all of which we could sell in the U.S. Franchisees were getting those open and, you know, we're making good returns and enjoying the business and we're coming back to us for additional franchises and, and we didn't have anything to sell them. And so it was frustrating for them because they could not expand their portfolio and obviously, you know, we couldn't, you know, start a new franchise with them. So since we can't have two Pilates concepts competing with each other, we started to look for, you know, complementary boutique franchise concepts. And so we really started looking at different modalities first, like, you know, yoga, cycling, running, dance, bar, things of that nature. And, you know, kind of start with modalities first. And then under those modalities, look for brands that were available and then I just went for a, a buying spree. You know, we bought seven brands in about an 18-month period of time, which is a lot of transactions that actually close and complete on you know, across the country. So that, that was really the idea. And then just opening it up to our you know, current list of franchisees that we're looking to expand as well as uh, you know, out to the public. So that's a really differentiated approach versus a lot of your peers in the fitness space have picked one concept and really gone after it. What do you think diversifying across those eight brands and different modes of fitness, what advantages has it given you? Well, it's given a lot of advantages, right? It's, it's allowed franchisees to be able to expand, right? If we, had, if we had stayed in just Pilates and we hadn't sold 900 we may have done kind of what you talked about our peers have done just stay in one brand, right? If we were selling 50 a year, we probably could have done that for 20 years. But since we were selling three to 400 a year, you know, we sold out very quickly, which really pushed us into, you know, multiple modalities. So it wasn't like we started out and said, hey, let's just start out with these eight modalities and eight brands and a portfolio. And also along the way, we had figured out that, you know, Exponential was really nothing more than a sales, marketing, and operations company kind of you know, disguised as Pilates or yoga or whatever it might be. So we knew that you know, we could use that, what we call today, that X factor, and you know, lay that over other brands and other modalities and you know, really give our franchisee the ability to operate multiple units under the same flag and using the same point of sale systems and operating systems so that they really could, you know, have some shared services even across modalities. So when you look at that, uh, you know, there's always the, a new fitness concept popping up as of late. Being a sales and marketing engine with Exponential, how do you support your franchisees as they look to differentiate with the, the ever-changing landscape of fitness? Yeah, look, we, we really stay in modalities that are pretty tried and true. We don't have anything that you know, I would say is kind of new as a modality. And so if you look at 
you know, Pilates and yoga and bar. I mean, they've, just, they've been around for a really long time. People give me a lot of credit for saying that, you know, I'm a visionary or people ask me all the time what I think the next fitness craze is going to be. And I'm not that guy. I didn't predict Pilates was going to be big. When I did Pilates, everyone was already doing Pilates. They just weren't doing it under one brand, right? There was there was no Coca-Cola in the industry. And so there was a lot of people doing Pilates. I didn't have to wonder if people wanted to do it or you know they were doing it. So there wasn't a risk there. It was really just creating a brand that could be a national brand. And so we really did the same. So it's not to us as much about the modalities because you know look at even a, a running studio like we have I don't have to wonder if people run I see it every day on the streets we see massive marathons we know people are running we know people are running indoors on treadmills because you see it in gyms across the country you see it in Orange Theory that you know did it 12 1300 times over so you know people are running and rowing in all these different concepts that are out there you're not really taking a gamble on the modality itself. You're, you're taking a gamble on, you know, will this work as a standalone and can it work as a national brand? So before we started recording, we we're talking about the world of COVID and you mentioned not predicting the future, but you actually very precipitately had invested in the digital side of your business over the last few years, which has served you quite well with the digital content. What led you to look at digital in the first place? And how do you think about the balance of physical versus digital going forward? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, like I said in our, you know, kind of discussions before we started recording, you know, we we were in the right place at the right time last year, last summer, kind of around this time, we started looking for production studio. And, you know, we obtained one and built it out. And so we had our own sound stages and full production crews and live editing and you know, just a real state-of-the-art kind of Hollywood, you know, building that we had here uh, by our corporate office. And so, you know, we'd announced to franchisees in the end of last year at our national convention that we were going to be launching this, you know, video on demand and live product in Q2, which was, you know, it's set to launch in April. So when COVID hit, you know, the biggest challenge for us was just launching it a few weeks earlier. But at that point, we already had thousands of hours of you know, of content in the can across all eight modalities. And what really led us to doing it, we, you know, we weren't trying to be Peloton. We weren't, you know, trying to be Mirror or any of these other brands that are out there for at-home equipment side. What we're really looking to do is is not have a missing hole in our business plan. You know, when we bought AKT and we bought Pure Bar, those brands, they already had this version of digital. AKT's was more of a kind of handy cam recording. Pure Bar was a DVD, old DVD business where they'd uploaded the DVDs online. And then our other modalities, you know, Club Pilates had a video on demand business. We had tried to launch, uh, so we had some content, but it wasn't that great. So you really had three of my eight brands that had a quasi-okay on-demand product and five that had nothing. And I felt like we needed to be in the digital space. We didn't need to, you know, like I said, be a Peloton or anything like that. But it definitely was a hole if you look at it and say, well, you got five that are missing and three that are, you know, halfway done. I wanted to have eight that were done well so that, you know, we had that continuity between the brands, the look and feel, 
and really, you know, kind of taking all these brands we'd put together in the physical world under the exponential umbrella and, and make those the same in the digital world. Talent is a big part of predicting the turn. And as we talk about talent, I wanted to mention one of our sponsors, Hunt Club. Imagine the power of the best marketers in the world helping you to find your next marketing leader. That's the power of Hunt Club. Hunt Club is a new category of talent company that powers the network of experts, connectors, and business leaders to help you find the best talent. Let's face it, recruiting hasn't changed with the times. Hunt Club is changing the recruiting game by leveraging technology and crowdsource referrals to find you the best people possible for your company. Stop paying job boards that don't work or recruiting firms that recycle the same active candidates. Partner with Hunt Club. So you mentioned that several of those brands, they're ones that you acquired kind of over the years. What's the difference in your mind and what kind of things did you learn about acquiring a well-established brand like a Pure Bar versus maybe some of your other efforts in the past? Yeah, look, we, uh, you know, we did Cycle Bar, we did Pure Bar. Those are kind of our two, you know, Cycle Bar is our first acquisition after Club Plotties and, and Pure Bar, you know, our, uh, our sixth, seventh, you know, of the eight. We actually did, you know, Yoga Six, Pure Bar and Stride, you know, kind of all together. Stride definitely being at the end of that. But, you know, it's, it's different when I, I kind of make an analogy to like raising someone's children, right? In the brands that we bought that had one location or two or three or something of that nature, it's a lot easier to go out and find your franchisee and kind of lay the land of how you view what the partnership is going to be makes it a little bit easier. doesn't make it easy, just makes it a little bit easier. When you're acquiring a brand like a Pure Bar where you have 500 plus locations, you know, that brand, you know, prior to buying it, it, it had five CEOs in five years. So it was very disjointed, right? I mean, by the time the new CEO got in, figured out what the old person did, figured out what they wanted to do and tried to execute it, they were gone and somebody else was on. And so nobody really operated the same in that brand. None of the studios looked the same. And so, you know, we kind of came in with an approach to say, hey, we're, we're level setting where this is. This is what you can expect from us. This is what we expect for you. And we spent almost $20 million of our own money rebranding and remodeling all the studios across the country. Uh, and to give you a scale, that's uh, – couple times more than the company even makes and uh, a heck of a lot more than what we collect in royalty in a year. So it was a, a massive give back to the franchisees. You know, their their agreement, their franchise agreement actually states that they're in charge of that expense. But for us, we said, hey, look, we, we want to be a good partner. We want to show from the get-go we're a great partner. We want these studios to look and operate the same. So we're willing to invest that money you know, into everyone's businesses so that we can be 500 moving as one and not five, you know, 100 individuals. And then we brought the best person we had over at Club Pilates, uh, Sarah Luna. She was kind of number two in command and worked with me for several years. And we said, she's going to be an amazing leader at Pure Bar. And it turns out she has been, you know, she's been at Pure Bar now a year and a half, coming up on two years here shortly. And, you know, she's the longest reigning uh, CEO of Pure Bar in the last, you know, half decade or probably decade. So, you know, we already have a great leader in there. She's done a great job, you know, like in any business, any partnership, any franchise network, you know, 100% of the franchisees at Pure Bar don't love what we have to say. 
you know, we don't love 100% of what they have to say, but in the spirit of partnership, you know, we're always available to try and figure out what is that common ground that works both for us as well as for the franchisee and achieves the goals of the brand. But definitely different to come in to a system after people have been operating in it for 10 years a certain way and try and convince them that, A, we're here to stay and we're not going to leave them like the last five CEOs did. Uh, and we're willing to invest in them and truly partner with them. And so, you know, I think they've, they've seen that now in short order over the last 18 months. So you mentioned the franchisees there, and I think that's a really interesting thing that there is a, a difference between a franchise network and in particularly in boutique fitness versus major, major gyms or others. What do you think really separates uh, boutique fitness apart? I mean, look, as a, as a concept, boutique fitness versus large gyms, of course, we're you know, we're competing on being the best at what we do in instruction and community and environment. You know, we're much smaller, uh, thus the, you know, the name boutique. You know, when you're a franchised boutique as well, you know, people know who the owner is of that location. Those people are typically embedded in the community. You know, of course, know the instructors, have an affinity for, you know, the location, the instructors themselves. And we saw that a lot when COVID happened and our instructors started doing live workouts from their kitchens and, you know, things of that nature. We saw a lot of support videos that members made to give to instructors. You know, we just saw a lot of, a lot of love and support from our community, which has been great. And look, I'm sure big box, you know, large gyms saw that as well. But, you know, a, a big box is, is trying to be a little bit of something to a lot of people. And we're just trying to be something amazing to, to one group of people in one modality and one niche. So by size, we're smaller. By membership count, we're smaller. You know, and it, it's, it's more of a community and more homegrown and more intimate than, you know, than you find in a you know, larger facility. You mentioned, uh, that, you know, you have a house of brands with eight different businesses. What do you see from a, an, an interaction between those brands, both in the physical and maybe now as you're moved into some of the digital realms uh, during COVID? Yeah, look, there's always silver lining, right, in any any situation, and we look for that. You know, definitely us launching our, our on-demand product you know, across to all members, you know, is an advantage. You know, if you were a Pure Bar member and we switched you from the physical to the digital world, started providing you, you know, pure bar digital content, but we also started providing you seven other modalities, seven other brands of content that you got for free. It really was a bit of a coming out party for Exponential as well, because people know our brands, but they don't know the parent. And, you know, we haven't taken a big stance in trying to promote the parent itself, but given, you know, COVID and the situation that happened, you know, people wondering, well, why would I get eight modalities? And so, you know, our membership base has, has learned a lot uh, about Exponential as, you know, a parent over the brands. So it's been some good silver lining. And we're able to now see people working across what we call XGO, because we call it our Go network for each of the brands. But we call it our XGO for everybody to be able to utilize everything, which is a good precursor to the physical pass called the X pass that we're going to begin to launch where members will be able to physically interact between the brands, which is great. So, you know, the silver lining here was that, you know, people are interacting digitally in between brands 
they've learned about the parent company and, you know, the, the sister brands and the suite of brands and modalities that we have and just makes it that much easier for us when we go to launch a, you know, a physical pass uh, in the future. Well, Anthony, I think that's a, a great one to kind of end on. I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and some amazing lessons, I think, for people to apply and to learn from. Well, great. I really appreciate you getting on the phone and allow us the opportunity and uh, you know, look forward to a, a good recovery as we uh, are now shifting back into the physical world. So I thank you for the time. Thanks so much for listening. If you like the show, hit that rating and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And for more resources, head over to predictingtheturn.com.